you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock a.m. at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. I'm incredibly grateful every, uh, every Sunday for the church calendar and for the lectionary. Uh, these two tools work together to orient our lives around the grand story of God's work in the world. Uh, it takes the guesswork out of Uh, What should we preach in this season, or what should we talk about in this time between Easter and Christmas? Uh, It it structures and uh, invites us in to be part of something bigger and to join with uh, some others in kind of entering God's plan. Um, Our church year and our lectionary begin in the story of Advent uh, with kind of this anticipation in Israel's story that someone would come to be the Messiah of Israel's hope, and we find that story kind of fulfilled in the Christmas story every year. We, we uh, experience that uh, arc throughout uh, the end of December and into January. We follow Jesus' story from his baptism all the way to the Mount of Transfiguration. We journey through Lent into Holy Week to the events of his uh, crucifixion, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension, and, and then to Pentecost, And then we spend a very long season in the season after Pentecost where we uh, exist as the church. We reflect on what uh, the scriptures and our tradition tell us about what it means to be uh, Christ's body in the world on this side of the cross. And we journey through there for a while. And you can see this even in our epistle text, how it moves us along. Uh, Our first book of Romans kind of uh, laid the groundwork for just what is the church in terms of... uh, its makeup. We move to Philippians, and it's, so how do we uh, kind of uh, bear up? And then we now move into uh, the book of uh, Thessalonians, where we ask this question of, of how do we endure when there is so much hard, when we uh, long for Christ to have come uh, and to redeem all the bad things? This is the, the, the struggle we got into last week. Uh, We're moving from the happy days of Jesus' miracles and the early church's uh, zeal for life to their weariness that Christ has not come back. Uh, They expect him any day now, uh, and and quite frankly, we can uh, uh, resonate with that some days, can't we? Why are things the way they are? If Christ has uh, defeated sin and death, why hasn't he fulfilled it? Why is there still pain and sorrow and tears? And, And it may be Uh, reaches this kind of climactic moment in today, in All Saints Sunday, this uh, particular point in the life of the church uh, where we recognize this kind of uh, tension we live in as we're drawn back towards the cross and forward to the time when we meet back with our loved ones. If you were uh, playing Christian Scrabble this week and somebody uh, had on their board unrealized You could add unrealized eschatology and get a triple word score that would do, there's not enough tiles for that, but um, unrealized eschatology would be the Christian jargon uh, for today. Uh, Bill often tells me I should lean into my nerdiness and the things that I find particularly delightful, and I find this concept delightful, so I bring it to you uh, with no apologies today. Unrealized eschatology is the reason I could continue in faith after my mother died. Unrealized eschatology is the reason uh, that I can sit in hospital rooms with you and, and weep 
and still get up the next day with hope. Unrealized eschatology is the recognition uh, that things are bad at times and really hard, and we miss that person so deeply, and we have hope. We know that at some point, uh, we know they are resting in the arms of Christ, and at some point, we will join them in the church triumphant, and yet it's unrealized, right? At some point in your life, every person in this room lost someone they loved, and it has not been the same since then. Maybe it's gotten uh, less acute, the ache you have. Maybe it's not uh, quite as painful, but it is not, it's not gone. Um, I've, I've learned this in my studies of grief and lament, that you never actually fill the hole when someone dies. Uh, you have just a new experience of community. That, that is there forever. Often, when I sit with you in these moments of grief and pain, you say things like, I don't know how a non-Christian gets through this. Because you have a hope, even as you ache. The early church knew this. This is why the lectionary authors, uh, or compilers, bring us into 1 John today in this text. Uh, for this early church, they're wrestling with uh, their station in life and, and what is happening now and what is to come. And we hear that text once more. See what kind of love the Father has given to us and that we should be called God's children and that is what we are. Because the world didn't recognize him, it doesn't recognize us. Dear friends, right now we are God's children, and it hasn't appeared what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we will see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. John, uh, writing to the, to the beloved church, names this tension of unrealized eschatology. We have hope. We don't even know what it looks like, but we have hope. This text from 1 John anchors our very, our very funeral liturgy. Uh, if we are doing the funeral uh, with the full liturgy, uh, the very first things we will do is we will uh, kind of gather the family. We will either process in or we will come to the front where uh, we gather and we will say, dying, Christ destroyed our death. Rising, Christ restored our life. Christ will come again in glory. As in baptism, your beloved put on Christ, so in Christ may your beloved be clothed in glory. Hear this now, dear friends. We are God's children. What we shall be has not yet revealed, but we know when he appears, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Those who have this hope purify themselves as Christ is pure. Uh, we anchor our very service of death and resurrection in these words, this, this sitting in unrealized eschatology, sitting in uh, this moment of trust in God and pain for the moment. Susan preached a sermon this week at choir practice. Uh, I don't know if if you heard the words of the anthem this week, but it is uh, maybe uh, one of the more haunting texts that Janelle has ever picked. And the more I have sat with it, the more uh, it has just at every line struck me about this beautiful promise. And so uh, I'm gonna invite you into the words of this uh, anthem, and then I'm gonna sit down because uh, they preach the good news of unrealized eschatology. And here, friends, this is it. Uh, the story talks about sitting in our grief We 
We walk in the light of countless faces, bright as beams of rising sun, certain as the morning chases night and endless ages run. Uh, we sit in these, these beautiful, beautiful relationships, this radiant glory, this vision of goodness. And so turning our eyes now to their shining memory, to their faithful past, saints be now the truth divining death be now but never last. The women sang this verse beautifully and invited us into the chorus to, to consider Susan's sermon, which is, death is never last. And then the men got the verse that uh, I resonated uh, so deeply with this week. When sorrow's heavy hand has waited, loss against the greater gain Pinning down that grief sore faded, laden on the bed of pain, turning eyes now to their shining memory, to their faithful past. Saints be now the truth divining. Death be now, but never last. For many of you, uh, the pain is still near and is weighing you down on a bed of grief. You are um, fresh from planning a funeral or burying a family member, entertaining visitors and dealing with the leftovers in your fridge, and uh, that grief uh, feels new. May the promise be that death, death is never last. The composers invite us into this third unison verse, uh, which is the great hope that even at some point, might it be in that time that Darren read in Revelation, might it be those final days, or may it be today, but when joy returns with laughter singing, thanks to God for life's sweet song, let us follow after bringing thanks to God for those now gone, turning eyes to their precious, their shining memory, to their faithful past. Saints be now the truth divining, death be now, but never last. Friends, uh, unrealized eschatology is the reason we can hope. For me, it is the reason I can still call myself a Christian. Our communion liturgy says Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. Amen? Would you pray with me? Christ, we have a sure and present hope of the things to come, of a time when there is no more pain or sorrow, no more tears, when uh, we stand in the light of God's glory, when the waters of life spring forth from the tree of life, when we uh, can once more uh, dwell with those saints. And yet we live in these moments. In these days, Lord. Lord, would your peace uh, abide in mighty and powerful ways through your spirit with us uh, as we sit as your church. The church uh, waiting and hoping. The church comforting and pointing forward. Above all else, Lord, we give thanks that death is never last. Amen.